We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Stender, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. To share your thoughts about this podcast or others, please visit facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. Unlike many portions in the Torah, Parshat Korah uh, is in some sense one story from start to finish. It may contain multiple threads of tradition, multiple strands of tradition. Uh, I uh, taught a few weeks ago at uh, St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, uh, and uh, one of the pastors there referred to the Bible as a plaid garment, which I love, um, that it is uh, multiple traditions kind of woven together uh, into, uh, into a single garment, but you can kind of isolate individual traditions. And so that is the case with Parashat Korach. There uh, may be multiple traditions represented here. The section that we're going to deal with is, uh, is much more... Uh, singularly Levitical than the other sections. It is, uh, and, and more singularly Aaronic than the other sections. So it's focused on the uh, authenticity and authority of Aaron's priesthood. The beginning of the Torah portion uh, might also be a, a, a collection of various traditions woven together uh, so that it looks like a unity, though it may not be. As uh, David just mentioned, uh, there may be two rebellions that are being discussed here, but it's actually presented as one rebellion. So the two rebellions that are discussed, or what may be two rebellions, are the rebellions of Korah, uh, and the rebellions of Datan and Aviram. Uh, Datan and Aviram, uh, you may know most famously from uh, Cecil B. DeMille's te- The Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, Dathan is uh, played by Edward G. Robinson, famously. He's the one who says, where's your God now, Moses? Uh, it's a great scene. Aviram, to my knowledge, is not in uh, the Ten Commandments, but uh, so maybe maybe that's the sequel uh, <laughs> coming to a theater near you. <laughs> so these might be two rebellions, but I think actually the Torah is uh, the, the 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 redactor of the Torah, if you will, is uh, is is wise in placing them together because there is a harmony, in a sense, between these two rebellions. What's the essence of both of these rebellions or of the singular rebellion? The essence of the singular rebellion is a challenge to the authority of the leadership of Moses and Aaron. It's possible that Datan and Aviram's challenge is to Moses and Korach's challenge is to Aaron. Uh, Datan and Aviram's challenge is for the political leadership in a sense. They come from the tribe of Reuven, which is the firstborn of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so according to uh, ancient law, the head of the tribe of Reuven should really be the head of the entire community because most people in the ancient world practice what was called primogeniture, which means that the leadership of the clan should fall to the, the firstborn child. Right? And Datan of Iram represent the leadership of the tribe of Reuben, the firstborn of the tribes of Israel. So they claim, possibly, that they should be the leader of the community and not Moses. Whereas Korach's uh, 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 
critique might be against Aaron. Why does Aaron get to have the priesthood and not me? I'm not sure that I think that that is a, a great explanation of what is going on here, although it hints, it hints at, I think, what is going on here, which is fundamentally a challenge against Moses and Aaron's leadership, not really based on an argument of what they are doing that is wrong or bad as leaders. They're not seizing upon a, a failure of Moses and Aaron's leadership. Their critique is not about an abuse of power. Their critique is not about uh, uh, some, some social program that didn't go well or, or a raising of taxes that's unjustified. Their critique is against, the, uh, is against the role of Moses and Aaron as leader in the first place. And so it says at the beginning of the portion, Vayikach Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kahat ben Levi. So it gives Korach's lineage, son of Yitzhar, son of Kohat, son of Levi. Okay, so that's part of why I think that it's not a good argument that uh, Korach's uh, assault is on the right of Aaron to be priest, because according to primogeniture, uh, Aaron's priesthood is actually legitimate. Uh, the uh, Korah, uh, Kohat was the firstborn child of Levi. The firstborn child of, uh, of uh, Kohat is Amram. Amram's firstborn son is Aaron. Okay, so Aaron actually has a good claim to be the high priest if you believe that the tribe of Levi has a claim on the, on the uh, uh, priesthood and service of the temple in general. Korach's claim, according to Rashi, is, uh, is slightly different than that. That the head of the tribe of Levi, the Nasi, the chieftain of the tribe of Levi, is a man named Elitzaphan. And Elitzaphan is not uh, among the firstborn uh, clans in the tribe of Levi. Korach has a much better claim in, the, in, in lineage to be the chieftain of the tribe of Levi. And so, quite possibly, that's what Korach is arguing for. Korach is arguing for the, 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 pr- the princehood of the tribe of Levi. That he, it should be him and not Elitzaphan. That's what the Midrash says, that's what Rashi says. Nevertheless, we're given the lineage here in part to underscore what Korach's argument is. Korach's argument is not about a failure of leadership on Moses and Aaron's part, but on the essence of their leadership in the first place. Why you and not me? Why you and not me? And also, Vidatan ve'aviram b'nei Eliyah ve'on ben Pelet b'nei Ruven, right? Datan and Aviram uh, and On, uh, who are, who are me- members of the tribe of Reuven. The portion begins, Vayikach Korach, that Korach took, but it has no object of that verb. Or, yeah, no, uh, no direct object of that verb. So it doesn't say what Korach took, which is why if you look in the translation, translators uh, sometimes go into kind of hoops to figure this out. In the Eitzchayim, it says, Korach betook himself, which is probably not a great translation of the of the actual subject and predicate there, Vayikach Korach is Korach took. Uh, it doesn't say what he took. Um, uh, Rashi says uh, here that uh, Korach, uh, when it says Vayikach Korach, it's Shelakach Mekach Ra He uh, 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 undertook a, uh, a a wicked taking for himself, which is why I think the translation here tries to say he betook himself. 
It's trying to indicate that what he's taking here, what he's trying to take, is himself as a as the recommendation for who ought to supplant, who ought to replace the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Okay, he rose up against Moses, and there were with him uh, um, uh, 250 uh, men from the children of Israel. These were uh, princes uh, or, or chieftains of the congregation, uh, 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 chosen people in the assembly, men of repute. Vikalu el Moshev al Aaron. They gathered against Moses and Aaron. Vayomru alehem. They said to them, Rav lachem, it's too much for you. All of the people, all of them are holy. And in the midst of them is God. And so why do you elevate yourselves over God's congregation? Now on its surface, this is a, uh, they're making a, an argument that, uh, I, with which I think many moderns have a great deal of sympathy. Everyone is equal. God is in the midst of everyone. Everyone has, should have equal access to God. So why, why do we have leaders in the first place? That seems to, be, it seems to be an egalitarian argument. But if you emphasize the core of that argument is, Why do you get to be the leader? And that helps to explain Moses' response uh, a few verses later to Korah. Shimunah b'nei Levi, listen to me, sons of Levi. Hamatmikem ki hivdil Elohei Yisrael etchem ma'adat Yisrael akriv etchem elav? Is it not enough that the God of Israel has set you apart from the community of Israel and given you access to him? La'avod et avodat mishkan, to perform the duties of the Lord's sanctuary, the Lord's tabernacle? V'la'amod lifnei ha'adal shartam, and to minister to the community and to serve them? And now that he has advanced you and all your fellow Levites with you, you seek also the priesthood? Truly it is against God, God's self that you and all your company have banded together. The Aaron Mahu Kitalino Alav. For what is Aaron? Who is Aaron? that you should rail against him. So Moses clearly understands, clearly sees the essence of this rebellion, the claim of Korach and his followers, as why you and not me? Why y'all and not us? In Richmond speak. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, great Hasidic master, says, uh, has this beautiful commentary on this portion, and I think cuts to the core of what the problem is with what Korach is doing here, and why from the Bible on, tradition treats Korach so unfavorably. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak says, there is a kind of person who only wants to, to, to do things that give God pleasure. 
ואצל זה הצדיק אין חילוק אם הוא עושה תענוג לבורא ברוך הוא, או צדיק אחר עושה תענוג לבורא ברוך הוא. And for that person, for that kind of righteous person, it actually makes no difference to them whether they are the ones who are doing the thing that gives God pleasure, or somebody else is the person that is doing something that gives God pleasure. But the person who wants to receive a reward for his or her own service, that's the kind of person who wants himself to do the service to God. And that's what it means that Korach took. He wanted to be the one who took and not somebody else. Underscoring this is, I think, a, a, a fundamental claim both about leadership and about interpersonal relations. The leadership argument here is that the, that the essence of leadership is about service to the entire community. Korach's argument for leadership is about self-aggrandizement, about the reward, about the spotlight, about the about the about the accolades, about the merit, about the power. And the argument that the Torah is making is that's not what leadership is. Leadership is fundamentally about serving the needs of the community. So Korach actually comes into this moment in a time of crisis in the community. Last week, we had the story of the spies and the, the failure of the spies and the failure of the community in the wake of the uh, sin of the spies and the punishment that the people are going to have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. This is a moment of crisis, and Korah knows it. And so Korah is clearly a master politician, a master manipulator here. He knows the nerve center of the people. He knows they're angry and upset and frustrated in the wilderness. And instead of coming to Moses and saying, you have a problem on your hands because people are frustrated and scared. People are worried that they're going to die in the wilderness. People are disappointed in conditions. And we should work to make it better. You're not doing enough to make it better. That would have been a very different kind of rebellion. And that was, of course, what was needed in the moment. The people needed leadership. The people needed guidance. The people needed to be lifted up and served. But that's not what Korach does. Korach takes advantage of the situation in order to elevate himself. And so, in essence, the portion is making a comment about the nature of leadership, which is about serving the needs of the community and advancing the agenda of God in the world. And it's making an, a claim about interpersonal relations as well, I think. That in how often do we look at the success and stature of other people? This is holiday season, so we're all on Instagram and Facebook looking at the wonderful pictures of uh, everybody's beautiful families on wonderful vacations, and we're looking at that saying, why not me? Why am I not on that vacation? Why don't I have such beautiful children who are so well-behaved and perfect all the time? Why not me? And the argument that Korah, that, that our parasha is making here 
is not to look at the lives of other people and say, I want their status and their position, but rather to look at your life as a, an opportunity for doing good and for service alongside those people to celebrate other success and also to work for good in your own way, in your own right. That's why when the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot talks about two kinds of conflicts, it says there are two paradigmatic kinds of conflicts. One is Machloket L'Shem Shemayim, conflict for the sake of heaven. And one is a conflict She'ena L'Shem Shemayim, that is not for the sake of heaven. And the conflict of Korach in our Torah portion is the paradigm of the conflict not for the sake of heaven. Whereas the conflict, the debates between Hillel and Shammai are the paradigm of a conflict for the sake of heaven. What does that mean, a conflict for the sake of heaven? Or a conflict not for the sake of heaven? What does that mean? What, what, what is something for the sake of heaven? It means something that advances God's agenda in the world. God's agenda in the world is compassion, justice, peace, the uplift of every single person. And so when it says that the rebellion of Korach is an example, a paradigm of a machloket she'ena l'shem shemayim, machloket that's not for the sake of heaven, then what is it for the sake for? It's for the sake of Korach. It's for the sake of him as an individual, his status, his role, his position. And then it says, Sofa, ein sofa kayem. That kind of conflict will never last, will never be upheld. A conflict that is only about the aggrandizement of the individual, only about the position and the pursuit of power, the status of an individual will always collapse. Whereas a conflict that is for the sake of others, for the sake of the collective good, for, as the Constitution says, the general welfare, a conflict that pursues a more godly world, that kind of conflict will last. I was reflecting on this idea a lot over the course of Independence Day, uh, as, as I do often on Independence Days, and it strikes me that what we celebrate on Independence Day is fundamentally incomplete. The revolution of 1776 was in a sense a Korach-like revolution. It was about the assertion of power and the supplanting of one power for another power. We don't like you, King George. We want to be in charge of ourselves. That's what Korach says to Moses. We don't want you, Moses. We want to be in charge of ourselves. But the revolution of 1776 was not completed until 1789. Because in 1789, it took the words of the Declaration of Independence and actualized them not for the sake of the power of an individual or a small group of people, but rather, at least in its ideal, for the sake of the collective, of we the people, to secure domestic tranquility and the general welfare. That's the essence of what we learn from Korach, is that if only the revolution of 1776 had happened, it would not have lasted, and indeed it did not last. It nearly collapsed and fell apart of its own weight because all it ended up with 
was a collection of disorganized states and wealthy landowners all vying for their own authority, their own autonomy, their own power. And it wasn't until those states decided to come together into a larger collective and try to secure the well-being of every of the entire collective, then Sofalit Kayan. Then its end is to be upheld. But of course we know that the revolution of 1789 was incomplete then and is as yet in- incomplete. And so it will only be upheld in the end if we fulfill the promise conveyed in that constitutional convention. That it is not about the authority and the power of the individual, but the pursuit of the well-being of all. That it is not about the prestige of any given leader, but it is about pursuing what is for the sake of heaven, a community that is mutually supportive, that is that demonstrates compassion for one another, and that is fixated and committed to the cause of justice for all. <laughs>